The Florida Gators 2023 recruiting class is going to make an instant impact this fall in Gainesville. We're going to talk about that here on Locked On Gators. You are Locked On Gators, your daily podcast on the Florida Gators. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome back to another episode of Lockdown Gators, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. Thanks for making Lockdown Gators your first listen of the day. We are available daily and free wherever you listen to podcasts. Happy Tuesday. Days are hard now with how many times you go live for commitments and everything. I'm Brandon Olson. Find me on Twitter at WNS underscore Brandon. Find all my written work with Whole Nine Sports, Giants Country, NFL 33. We're going to talk about which Florida Gators true freshman this fall can make an impact from the 2023 class. We've spent a ton of time talking 2024 lately for damn good reason, by the way. Let's not act like it's just like randomly talking about 2024. Florida Gators have been killing it. But they also had a pretty dang good 2023 class. And before I even talk about the specific players, I'm also going to say this. There's going to be more than three freshmen that contribute to this Florida Gators team. I'm just saying the three most likely options here. First, Kelby Collins. Uh, I don't think that this is a surprise to anybody that Kelby Collins is headlining this list. And not that this is necessarily indicative of anything, really, but he is the highest rated 2023 commit for the Florida Gators. Um, which is fantastic. I mean, this was one of the big marquee additions that Billy Napier made. He went into Alabama, battled Nick Saban for Kelby Collins, and won that one. Kelby Collins was the 42nd ranked player nationally, according to 24-7 Composite. So Kelby, the dude there. Uh, he is six foot four, 277 pounds. And I mean, I, I think there's two main reasons that he's going to contribute early on first off his explosion like like his explosion is ridiculous he's absolutely explosive offline his quick first step is crazy for someone at you know almost 280 pounds people that big generally don't move that quick off the snap so kelby collins having like like that's the key to early playing time in 2023 for kelby collins and honestly so many edge players because so much about being a pass rusher is how fast can you get into the backfield? And I understand that, yes, you need to defend the run, but let's be real in 2023, the passing game is key for the huge majority of teams. So you need to be able to rush the passer consistently. Kelby Collins can probably get that done with some relative consistency. It's also important to note Kelby Collins is not expected to be a starter, so he's going to be rotating in against at least slightly tired offensive linemen here. So that, that's a big selling point here is that, that explosive first step off the line. Like we've talked about so many great pass rushers. The number one trait is elite first step. I mean, even at, at any level, you look at, let's say, 
2024's recruiting class, Amaris Williams. I had Brian Smith here last week. I said, what is it about Amaris Williams that you love so much? He said that quick first step. So talking high school to college, that's a, that's the same trait that so many people list as the most important one, the one that stands out. Look at college to the NFL. Dante Fowler Jr., he was drafted, what, third overall? It was either third or sixth overall uh, by the Jacksonville Jaguars way back when. Feels like a million years ago already. But Dante Fowler, that was his main trait. I have this image burned into my brain of Dante Fowler. I don't even remember who Florida was playing at the time. But Dante Fowler, like like he legitimately was so dominant that I remember watching him. And he's just like, like, like standing up, like bouncing back and forth, like going on one foot. And just like bouncing back and forth, and he's just chilling. He's going with the music that's playing, and they snap the ball. He just fires through. Like Dante Fowler Jr. had that in- incredible first step, and I still think that might be the best first step that I've ever seen. Truly, because I mean that was, he was just built different. Kelby Collins is not that quick, but that that first step is so crucial for an offensive lineman. Because if you can get or for a, a pass rusher, because if you can get past the offensive tackle when they're doing their drop. You can just throw them off balance and you can put them through heck. Okay. So that quick first step is going to help Kelby Collins become an, a legitimate immediate contributor, not just like, oh, he's playing there because they suck. No, a legitimate immediate contributor. However, on the flip side of that, both edge spots in Gainesville are thin right now. And I understand every time, because I know this is going to happen, every time that I say Florida's thin at a position, like Edge, we'll say. Justice Boone starting, comfortable with. Prince Leumann Mielin starting, comfortable with. Behind them, there is little to no depth. Look at behind them. Jack Pyburn. I don't care if you like him, completely unproven. Kelby Collins, who I'm talking about, I say I think will be successful, completely unproven. TJ Searcy, completely unproven. Uh, Bryce Capers, completely unproven. Cameron James, completely unproven. I understand that there are a lot of bodies back there. There's almost no proven depth at edge for the Florida Gators. So Kelby Collins, that's why the door is wide open for him to make an impact. Because he just, wow, just shoved them open. Because guess what? It's Justice Boone, it's Prince Leumann Mielin, and then the field. And that's how we're looking at this edge group. And it's important to acknowledge that because guess what? The two edge spots for Florida are not the exact same. You're going to have some guys who could play the F or the five tech, which is the defensive end spot that Prince Leumann Mielin played last year. And you're going to have some guys that could play Jack and that, that stand-up linebacker spot that Prince Leumann Mielin is going to play this year. There's going to be some guys who can play both of those. Kelby Collins is one of them. There's going to be some guys who play jack and off-ball linebacker. There's going to be some guys who play defensive end and three technique. and th- th- like There's all those variations. They're all going to happen. Kelby Collins can play both of the edge spots. Kelby Collins can play both of the spots where this defensive line and this maybe even defense in general is thinnest. He addresses two needs there. That's why he's going to play early. I don't care how you feel about anybody else that's that's in that depth chart at Jack or at, at, at Edge. He can play both, and there is zero proven depth at that spot. And if you argue with that, just you're an idiot. Like there's there's not that's not even an opinion. 
there's zero proven depth behind Prince Lumon Mielin. You could even argue that Justice Boone isn't proven. You could argue it. I, I would disagree, but you could argue that he's not proven. No proven depth at that edge spot. Kelby Collins, the door's wide open for him to contribute early, and I think he will contribute early. And then on the back end, we're about to get a, a, another key contributor here for the Florida Gators. But first, today's episode of Lockdown Gators is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, America's number one sportsbook. Look, I'm recording this right before Florida plays LSU. Okay? I took the over. It's nine and a half. I took the over. You will know if I made money or not. New customers, you can get a no sweat first bet up to $1,000. Also, if Florida wins, I had two futures, and I'm just now realizing this. I had two futures. I placed one in February, one in March for Florida to win. It is plus 1100 for the first one, plus 1300 for the second one. So if Florida wins the championship, that's a fantastic day that I completely forgot that I, I set myself up for. But you cannot miss your chance to get your no sweat first bet up to $1,000 back in bonus bets when you go to fanduel.com slash locked on to learn more. Thanks again for me, Locked On Gators, your first listen of the day every day. We are available daily and free wherever you listen to podcasts. Now, as far as other true freshmen who can contribute immediately goes, uh, I, I wrote on the on the side here. Where do I go? That's how I point to it. That's how I point to it. Right over there. That's this is just the worst thing ever. Right there. Right. Right there. Right. There. <laughs> I, I'm having a difficult time pointing to it, but right there. Uh, I wrote. You know, there, there's a freshman secondary player that I think is going to contribute. Everyone is probably going. Duh, Jakeem Jackson. I'm not. No, Jakeem Jackson is not the guy. Unless I understand Jakeem Jackson second highest rated player in the class for the 2023 class for the Florida Gators. I get that. I'm putting Jordan Castell. Okay. Because I mentioned Kelby Collins. He could play defensive end, the F, and he could play the Jack. He can. Jordan Castell can play, and this is my opinion of what I think he can play, free safety, strong safety, star, and if you have a, a bigger-bodied, slower-ish guy on the outside, you could put him at corner out there and feel pretty comfortable doing that. He's got that positional versatility. You're talking about somebody who, by the way, Jordan Castell with uh, Jordan Castell last year when he was in high school played corner for West Orange. And it's also important to note that West Orange, uh, if you remember when Jordan Castell committed, I had West Orange coach. Chris Mitchell here. And, you know, he, he said something that stood out to me immediately. And he said, we run a very similar defense to what Florida does. Granted, Patrick Tony was a defensive coordinator at that time, but like we've talked about ad nauseum on the back end, this defense is going to be pretty similar to what it was last year, more cover three, little bit less quarters, but it's just, it's not that massive of a difference. So Jordan Castell Played in a similar defensive scheme than he played last year. Last year, he played in a similar defensive scheme that he's going to play this year. Okay. He played corner last year, which, by the way, going from corner to safety is fantastic for a team where, guess what? You don't have much as far as cover safeties go. I love the addition of RJ Mountain. Think he's great. I'm not sure if he's going to be able to be the cover safety that this defense needs. I think he can be. I'm not entirely sold. 
Kamari Wilson, I don't think will be the cover safety that this defense needs. Miguel Mitchell, I'm not sold he's going to be the cover safety that this defense needs. Dakota Mitchell, I'm not sold either. Bryce Thornton, I'd rather have Jordan Castell play if we're playing a true freshman. Deshaun Johnson, I'd rather have Jordan Castell play if we're playing a true freshman. Like Jordan Castell has the door open because he has unique size and athleticism that the Gators, I mean, frankly, don't really have at safety right now. 6 to 195 is what Jordan Castell was listed at on 24-7. Now let, let's look at what he's actually listed at with the Florida Gators right here, because obviously that's a bit of a distinction. He's listed at 6-2-205. There, there's nobody in the secondary at safety that has that length and weight, aside from Jamarcus Weston, who was a wide receiver last year. Okay. So Jordan Castell has the leg up as far as just the unique size and athleticism that, like I said, no one really has in this secondary. And when you're talking about someone who has experience playing as a cornerback in a defense that goes a lot of cover three, a lot of quarters, now you're going to play safety. And granted, I believe that playing the deep safety spot in cover three is way more difficult than playing just the boundary in cover three. But he's going to make that transition. He's had this entire time to work on doing that. And like I mentioned before, like similar to Jack, you're very thin at safety, but guess what? As far as safety goes too, not only are you thin at safety at the top, you're not great either. Cause like right now we're looking at Miguel Mitchell and Kamari Wilson as the likely options for starting safety. Not proven, right? Like, and like, like they're, they're not proven. That's not even up for debate. Also, they were both true freshmen last year. Miguel Mitchell played mostly star last year. And Kamari Wilson was mostly a box safety. And the only time he really worked as a deep safety option was against Eastern Washington. Like he didn't do that against SEC teams at a consistent level. Granted, part of that's that he didn't get playing time at a consistent level or get the opportunity to do that as a, at a consistent level. But guess what? That's what we're talking about when we say he's not proven. Like, I'm not saying they can't work out. I'm saying they're not proven to work out. So the door is open for Jordan Castell to find success. I think the starting safety duo truly might be Miguel Mitchell, RJ Malton, and then have Kamari Wilson and Jordan Castell as your first guys off the bench or first guys into the rotation at safety. And if it's Jordan Castell, let me tell you, I'm going to be cool with it. No problem with it. Like I said, he has just traits that you don't have in this safety room aside from him. Like Jamarcus Weston has the size. Does not have any experience playing in the secondary. Like, like this is what we're talking about when we say you, you've got these young guys who are going to play. And here's another thing. You want more proof he's probably going to play? Do you know how we spent the entire season last year going – well, there's going to be playing time available at this spot next year. That time is here. Like, so that, that playing time that we said is going to be available this year, it's here. Jordan Castell is going to have at least an opportunity to contribute to this defense early on. We have one more guy to talk about, and we're going to the offensive side of the ball for this one, but we're going back to the trenches for this one as well. Najee Harris is the guy that we're going to talk about because guess what? 
whether you like it or not, he's probably going to play at least a little bit early on. And I will say, I I I need to say this right. Not that I don't think he deserves it, but I wouldn't play him very early if it were up to me. But again, Rob Sale and Darnell Stapleton, two reasons here. One, they make a hell of a lot more money than I do to make these decisions. And two, they're a hell of a lot more qualified than I am to make these decisions. If it were up to me, Rod Kearney, who played guard in high school, would play guard in the SEC, and he would be the guy right now. But that's not the case. Najee Harris, who played center in high school, is playing guard here. And Najee Harris, who, by the way, played in the spring game, started in the spring game, and played a lot in the spring game, and didn't play awful in the spring game, he still lived that guard spot. Micah Mazuka, the, the big-time ad for the Florida Gators from Baylor, who, you know, last year, Osiris Torrance was the highest-rated guard in the country, according to Pro Football Focus. My, uh, Micah Mazuka, second-highest-rated guard in the country, according to Pro Football Focus. Micah Mazuka, right now, his status is still up in the air as to when he'll be ready and if he'll be ready. Don't forget, Mike Mazuka is also the one where he transferred to Florida during this January window. Then, a few weeks after he was on campus, he was like, you know what? I'm going to hit the portal again. And then they sorted things out, and he's coming back. Um, but, you know, he, he could be one foot out the door here. And, and we'll really see about if and when he's going to be playing for the Florida Gators this fall. Because, again, there's still that labor issue that we're talking about for Mike Mazuka, who he may or may not be available. But Najee Harris is like the next man up there. Even if he's not the even if he's not being thrown into the starting role with Mike Mazuka. Florida last year rotated on the offensive line a bit. Even if Mike Mazuka plays. Najee Harris is the second left guard. Like, he's going to be second on that depth chart. Jalen Farmer's going to be a right guard. Unless Riley Simmons overtakes one of them, Najee Harris is still going to be a rotational piece on this offensive line. I'm comfortable with him being a rotational piece. I'm not comfortable with him playing a ton of snaps. And also, Najee Harris, like I mentioned, played center in high school, learning how to play guard right now, it's not unrealistic to say, hey, if injuries pile up, which one, they already have, and two, they could continue to pile up, which they probably will because I don't know if you know this, they're playing a sport called football. It's pretty damn physical. It's pretty damn intense. And it's, it's pretty wearing on the body there then Najee Harris could be thrown into early snaps in Gainesville. Like, that that's just how things work. And when you're playing the SEC, yeah, going to be pretty difficult. Especially, also, let's just talk about this. If he's healthy, Najee Harris is going to play snaps week one against Utah. Okay? Because as much as Florida Gators fans, myself included, go, hey, you can't come to the swamp and deal with all this humidity. And be just fine. Same way we say that about humidity. 
you can't go to Salt Lake City in Utah and deal with all that elevation and be fine. So week one, it sucks, especially because week one, you're going to go to Utah and a lot of these freshmen are probably going to play a lot more than they expected to because a lot of the starters are probably going to be pretty tired. Utah is going to play a physical brand of football because guess what? They're Utah. That's what Utah does. Then you're going into that elevation, and it's going to be harder. It's your first game back. It's going to be harder. All these things are going to pile up at some point, and Najee Harris is going to play this year. Whether or not you agree he should be the next freshman to play a lot, up for debate. But I think realistically, he's up there as far as guys who are going to play early. Now, granted, you could have included, or I could have included, I mean, yeah, we could have talked about Andy Jean here. We could have talked about Roderick Kearney, although I don't, I don't think he's necessarily going to play a ton early. We could have talked about him. Uh, we could have talked about TJ Searcy. We could have talked about Sharif Denson at star. We could have talked about Jakeem Jackson on the outside at corner. But as far as looking at three of the most likely Gators to contribute early as true freshmen, I think it's Kelby Collins, Jordan Castell, and Najee Harris. Whether or not you agree or like any of those, that, that's what I think it is. And if you do disagree, or if you do have a different freshman that you think is going to be a contributor, or if you have a different top three, put it in the comments. Let me know. Let, let's, let's debate, because I'll tell you, today, I'm going to have time to do it. So let, let's, let's talk about those. Thanks for honking right as I'm wrapping up. But thanks for making Lockdown Gators your first listen of the day every day. We are available daily and free wherever you listen to podcasts. Please do make sure to like, subscribe, comment, review, join the Lockdown Gators Discord. Links in the description below. For Lockdown Gators, I'm Brandon Olson. Don't forget to follow me on Twitter at WNS underscore Brandon. Find all my written work with Whole Nine Sports, Giants Country, NFL 33. And I will see you all tomorrow.